Okay, hello all the weirdos of the XR world. I am Adam. And I'm David, and we welcome you at the first episode of the Weirdcast. Woo! And you might ask what is Weirdcast about? So Weirdcast is a podcast in virtual reality where we lead you to the immersive world and introduce you to the most interesting guests. So let's do it. Okay, so this is this is the very special first weirdcast ever, and maybe the last one. I'm just joking. It's the first ever, and uh, we would therefore welcome our teammates from York, Anton, and Tomas. Hey guys. Hey. Before we start, I think it's it's, it's worth to introduce. So David, I'm giving you a word for starting with the okay. introduction. I would give you a short introduction of Anton, who is the gentleman on the left with the weird koala beard and glasses avatar. Uh, Anton is uh, our <laughs> our lead <laughs> Unity developer. He's working in Unity since the day he was born, obviously. Uh, he's creating a lot of his uh, own amazing games and also the online courses for Unity development. And he came from uh, Russia, but lived his most of his life in Turkey, if I'm not wrong. But right now, he runs away from the hot weather to Czech Republic, which is, I think, the best best compromise <laughs> between Russia and <laughs> Turkey. And Turkey. He's currently doing his magic on uh, Mineware project, which is super great, and uh, fun fact is he can find any game gen in the world, and he was there, or he will be there. <laughs> that's, that's how I would uh, introduce to Anton. And I would like to introduce then Tomas. Tomas is our uh, star, is our developer as well, and actually I have something really um, really nice written about you, Tomas, so let me read it a bit as well. So, since Tomas was... was sitting. Oh, sit down. <laughs> better take a seat. <laughs> I was so hyped, guys, I, that I had to stand. Okay, let me go back. <laughs> Too much effort. Okay, anyway, so I had something for you, man, but, you know, I'm just gonna improvise here a bit. So, Tomas actually is our senior um, Unity developer, um, and uh, he studied at Czech Technical University Human Interaction. So, he dedicated pretty much all his professional studying life to the interactions in the virtual and augmented reality. And he spent also a part of, 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 his, of his life in uh, Japan. So I think that's pretty, pretty cool. Uh, and, you know, He's, he loves to sing karaoke, and uh, I just have written here that you love to sing karaoke to geishas, and therefore the geishas love you, so I don't know, it's true, but <laughs> it's so bad. And uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to having more words with you about the UX, VR, and all this stuff. So welcome, guys, here. Woo. Thanks for having us. Round of applause. Yeah, so this is the clapping with the Oculus Quest uh, controllers. This is how it sounds. <laughs> Okay, so so let us let us start then. I think you know, beside me standing up on a chair, uh, uh, it was it was a great start. Um, but let me just maybe ask you, Anton, the, the first question, which is how 
how did you get to the virtual and augmented reality problem? Well, uh, actually, virtual reality got me, kind of. Uh, after my graduation from university, uh, I just I was looking for, for work, and I uh, mailed a, one of the professors uh, I took course from. Uh, they had a company, and they hired me, and they mostly worked with VR and AR stuff. And back then, it was like just starting, so it like was super cool, super excited, uh, super exciting things, stuff. I believe it was actually Oculus DK1. DK1 just came out. It was yeah, back then. Uh, okay, oh no, so DK2. 2014? 2015. 2015? 15, okay. yeah. Yeah, this weekend, yeah. And then it just kind of stuck to me because since like I have this experience with VR, it was much easier to find jobs in VR from there on. And that's like how I proceeded from there. Okay, so that Ooh. was like other way around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> were there for you. Okay. <laughs> Pretty much, yes. So you just found it. That's, that's good. And for, what about you, Tomas? So my uh, first experience with VR was actually at uh, Gamescom 2013. I was there as a journalist, and uh, it was the first uh, Oculus Rift, so the DK1. But I haven't really gotten to. Um, developing in vr until uh, early 2008 uh, 2018 sorry and that was the uh, that was my kind of uh, academic introduction you could say to to vr and then after that i you know, uh, i got more serious about vr when i uh, purchased my oculus go in uh, may or june uh, 2018 and yeah uh, after that i began working on um, my visualization project and also on a bunch of other stuff, and it kind of grew on me. <laughs> okay, maybe when you start about it, you can tell us more about the visualization project. Everybody's super excited. Okay, about it. so it's um, it's basically a uh, suite of applications that allows you to take CSV files or um, height maps from your PC, and then uh, load it into virtual space, into virtual reality. And uh, you can also basically ex you can explore the visualization. In a, uh, in a 3D space, utilizing the benefits of uh, stereoscopic, uh, stereoscopic uh, view. And uh, you can also invite other uh, stakeholders into your world. And uh, yeah, it's a collaborative experience. <laughs> Speaking about the experiences, you know, I mentioned at the beginning that you are kind of uh, specializing on the UX in general, on the user experience. So maybe why is it why is the whole topic quite different in the vr and the ar world i think that would be quite interesting for the listener so i think that vr is quite interesting uh in terms of ux because it's a uh, uh, sort of an uncharted territory um there you know it's it's a relatively new medium um i mean practically speaking you had vr i mean in the 60s right uh with uh, ian sutherland's uh, inventions but it it wasn't okay. until 2015 uh, or 2016 uh, before it uh, became kind of um, attainable by a regular consumer. So um, when it comes to experiences, you, you have to deal with a lot of stuff that you haven't, that you can't, that you don't normally deal with when you're designing like flat applications. Um, and it, it is a very important to um, properly design your experiences because not only can you 
frustrate the user if the experience is designed uh, in an improper manner, but you can actually make them physically sick, which is <laughs> something that you need to avoid. Um, so yeah, that's why uh, I think I... UX in VR is particularly challenging and interesting. <laughs> when you said about the history of the virtual reality, I just uh, a few mm -hmm. weeks late, uh, ago found a beautiful uh, headliner of the VR magazine from 90, uh, 1995. It was yeah. like stating VR is going to the global market right now. And you get all these like really rad kind of nineties looking imagery, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. and everything. And it was like, I, I, if I read that back then, I would be super excited and expecting that like <laughs> any month, but it would take another twenty years. Which is wasn't crazy. wasn't ninety five the year of a uh, Virtual Boy? Yeah, it was Virtual Boy, but it wasn't really much big success because. No. Actually, that was that was another thing that I tried at the at the Gamescom 2013. Beside the Oculus Rift was a virtual boy. Oh, you tried it, it? It made me yeah. Are... It made me I nauseous. I actually tried the that. yeah. I tried the Mario tennis game. It's like a uh, well, it's it's like tennis in red and black. Um, and you get this you know like stereoscopic, that. you know stereoscopic feel, but it's very bad. <laughs> yeah, so Anton, you actually look like a virtual boy. You know. Uh... This panda, oh, panda ears. I, I just you know, speaking about about this progress that VR AR made in general, just a whole topic. Like, if you look from from the, like developer point of view, how would you sum up it? Like the the, the few past years. Well, the there Oculus Quest was obviously like a huge leap forward and a huge step like in the right direction, especially uh, when you consider uh, the like every average consumer, not like hard, super hardcore gamers, but for average consumer, Quest is uh, pretty great. So like, um, I think this is, uh, th this was like one of the greatest advancements in VR technology in years, I would say, probably since D DK2 came out, because after the mm -hmm. decade, there was like only some gradual upgrades, but nothing too major, like resolution got better, sure, refresh rate, okay, it's nice, but as far as the usability goals and ease of use, uh, the Quest was the best thing since then. And yeah, like you can actually see the advancements uh, practically each year, especially in AR. Like in VR, there's I don't think like there's much to do at this point, but in AR uh, there are like a lot of uh, way to go, I would say, especially like in software uh, as well as hardware. Mm -hmm. Okay, I, I think like we are partially right because I don't think so that the, the VR has like nowhere to go right now. There's like a lot of ways to improve. Like, like I know that the graphic is like enough for most of the people, but uh, uh, I think like the 2020 will be big year for for VR. Uh, one of the things is like uh, the Half-Life Alex came out. And it will like yeah, but push you. Uh, so, the yeah. thing is actually like uh, I'm trying to say that uh, technologically speaking, like sure there are a lot of way to go until we get to the Ready Player One, but I don't think that technology is quite there yet. 
but what you're saying is that we can do a lot to improve the UX. Uh, like yeah, user experience and figure out the user interaction with VR and with VR in general. We definitely can do that, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, Half-Life Alex. As far I haven't tried it yet, but Half-Life Alex <laughs> is like again a huge step in the right direction, as far as I heard. This, but I, I think Tomas can comment on that better. Yeah, I can. I can attest that the UI in in Alex is awesome, and it's it's one of the things that really got me hooked on the game. Besides physics, which is kind of, I, I when I, when I went into it, I kind of expected the physics to be great because well, I played the other Half-Life games, Half-Life Two primarily, and uh, well. Um, I think that you, the physics in that game are already very good, but I was really worried about the implementation of UI um, since you know when you, I mean, uh, especially when VR started in 2016, you had uh, this uh, barrage of of ports for of like traditional flat screen games into VR, and uh, the developers of these games they kind of tried to shoehorn their uh, flat interfaces into VR. So it wasn't until you had this va this wave of games coming out that were made specifically for VR, and in terms of AAA titles, this took a while. I mean, it takes two, three, maybe even four game for uh, four years to to make a AAA game, even more if you're talking about Valve. I think you know, I've got the whole Valve thing going, uh, Valve time going on. Um, so yeah, that was. It's it's really awesome how seamless everything is, how all the interactions are in in Alex. You know, you take out your pistol, you go over your shoulder, get your mag, load it in, uh, press uh, press another button to to kind of uh, load it into the uh, into your uh, what's it called? Yeah, into your pistol, essentially. And then you just you know you just shoot away, and it's yeah, shoot away, and it's it's awesome. Okay, it just uh, feels so great. For that, I think like the Half-Life series was like the perfect pick for VR because. Uh, in the first player uh, FPS game, you can like force the user to to look somewhere to uh, guide him. But in VR, it's really hard. You need to like focus on that. You need to uh, make sounds mm -hmm. to force him to look at that, or like uh, you need to count with the user can do anything. He, he can look under yeah. the table, and for Half-Life. It was there like two two games before, like in Half-Life One, it was totally normal that you were going by the hallway, but you could peek into the, some doors and something was happening there, and it looked like it would happen any anyway, even if you didn't look there. And it was like a lot of story which was couldn't be like discovered and wasn't forced to the user. It was like totally nature, and I. Think I think that's one of the things which is also in the Alex, which is totally perfect for the VR because you can explore, you can look into doors, you can throw things, uh, and uh, you are not limited. And uh, I think that's the one of the best things which which could uh, happen to VR, like the Half Life Alex. Yeah, another aspect of of Alex that I'm sure will get a lot of traction, a lot of people into VR is the modding uh, community. Uh, I mean, as we've seen with uh, Gary's mod and Half-Life 2, there's uh, a lot of uh, exploration to be had um, with, uh, you know, users creating mods. And uh, I can't wait for them to push, to push the boundaries and kind of push the envelope uh, in terms of VR interactions. 
So anyway, I, I, I just, I think like, you know, a lot of people also within our networks will listen to this, will be like on a different levels of, of, uh, of expertise within the VRAR. And I feel like one of the, one of the topics I would love to tackle with you guys is if you are speaking about, you know, we are virtual reality and augmented reality. Where do you see the traction will be stronger in the in the next upcoming years? And you know, let me put it this way: like we, we all have our walls pumped as we are kind of deep in the topic with all the so-called experts and what they think will be bigger. And you know, it depends like where their venture capitalist uh, fund invested. But I would love to hear it, and I think this is like super valuable for you. Uh, you know, people who are working with it basically every day who are who are creating the content for uh both of these ports. So I think, you know, if we can still tackle tackle a bit on that, maybe Anthony if you wanna if you wanna start. Uh yeah, I, I think uh VR and AR is kinda different uh in what kind of experience they're providing. They usually uh get get mentioned like at the same time, but they're really, really different things. And uh, as far as I can tell, as far as like as my experience go, I think the VR is much more suitable for games and game like experiences. Uh, maybe like simulations or training. Uh, training simulators are really really great for this. And while uh, AR is much more kind of um aid, uh, it provides some extra help, extra information for the user. Like, mm -hmm. as, as as an example, what we are doing with mineware, a user goes to like this a construction line or like whatever a machine or something, uh, shows it to his phone in the AR mode, and it tells him, okay, this is it's this machine, like the, this 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 is wrong with it. This is how you fix it. Um, so yeah, it kind of well. As, as the name suggests, it augments reality, augments like your perception and gives extra information. Well, VR is like much more immersive experience, uh, which aims to move you to, the, to these different worlds or like settings and uh, provide you with different experiences. So yeah, they, they will both evolve, but in different directions. Because like obviously AR is not very suitable for games. There are a few kind of ads, some simple games, but nothing uh, too interesting. But like, yeah, like I think it's 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 what you said. It, it was it was really nicely said. But you know, we also see in the AR field like you know, you know Pokemon Go and all these like mass adapted games, which were there. Also, it's hard to hard to recognize whether it was like the pop culture driving it, as the Pokemon, or. Uh, whether it was the AR functionality all of all, you know. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I, I think it, it was the oh. Pokemon, actually. Because uh, yeah, they had yeah. uh, a game before that, and it wasn't as popular. It was still interesting, but not as popular as Pokemon. Yeah, but mm -hmm. the game before that was just the location-based. It didn't have the... I think it was called Ingress. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Ingress. And it, it, was, it was just location-based. It uh, didn't have the... AR functionality, so they have like the concept, which was rather, I don't know if successful or not, but it wasn't famous. And then it came uh, with the AR functionality and the Pokemon, but I think the Pokemon was the biggest part which made it uh, yeah. famous because mm -hmm. uh, it mm -hmm. was like aiming for uh, the uh, kids from the 90s who was watching every <laughs> Sunday the Pokemon 
Pokemons and right now they run around and catch the Pokemons and I had the application uh, before I got banned or hacked. <laughs> it doesn't matter. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I, I never used the AR functionality. But my, maybe once for the first Pokemon and then I realized I don't need it at all. And it was like mm, more of the uh, liability when catching the Pokemon to do it in the in the in the like AR functionality then and yeah, I, I didn't like, play yeah, that, play, play the, the game like for, for for two years so I'm not sure how much it progressed but since uh Niantic already acquired the six D AI I think it will be pushed a lot of uh, in this direction. Yeah what what I was trying to say like the AR experience especially in Pokemon the AR part didn't improve it actually in any way. Well maybe you can can argue that uh, you like better with AR, but it wasn't a major improvement. It wasn't anything spectacular. While VR still have some potential to improve gaming experience a lot. So that's like yeah, one definitely. of the points I was trying to make. Yeah. But then I think like it's really important that you know we we understand this importance of the uh, the pop culture things as the pop Pokemon Go. Like the other day, David was telling me that there is a there is a game on the Sidewest that is actually about the Pokemon. And I was like, wow, how cool it would be to you know run around the virtual world in virtual reality and like just just catch the Pokemon's and have the have the battles and all these things as a as catch them, you know, catch them all style. So uh, <laughs> I think like we will see more of these really strong control games popping up in the virtual reality as well and uh, see the reactions of the people. Although it's not that easy to to you know to get there, since you need to still acquire the hardware, as as, uh, as this is not the case for the AR usually, when most of the people yeah. already have uh, the smartphones. I I think like uh, you kind of uh, get to the point uh, like uh, for the Oculus, you can publish games only with their store, or mm. that was what they think they will control. But uh, then there is the side quest, which, which like created the whole new market, uh, where this can happen, where the Pokemon can happen, because you could never, uh, never uh, publish it on the Steam or Epic Store or anywhere because it's uh, restricted by by the copyrights. But this is the totally, totally uh, back side, uh, back channel, back channel store. And most of the user has it. Sidequest uh, has one million users. So right now we have like totally new VR VR uh, libraries, which can happen. This kind of stuff. I'm not saying it's good, but I think it's like super progress, and anybody can publish there anything, and it can get a lot of popularity without any restrictions. So this is one of the things like uh, which cannot happen from the usual usual channel. Okay, uh, yeah, Nintendo will start. Nintendo will still try to get to sue them if you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, course, of course, they will sue them. Actually, the developers of this program has like uh, that in mind, and they actually preparing the Pixar ch uh, champion, which would uh, like pay off for reskinning and renaming everything in the game, so make it like. Uh, not a Pokemon game, but Pokemon game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe we could move on from the game. 
Yeah, I, I just think that it's important, you know, because when we are speaking also, uh, we are usually uh, quite in the B2B. But when we are speaking about it, like all these games and also, uh, to be quite frank, like the porn comes with it because it's something what is pushing the, the topic forward, you know. And uh, I think it's important to, to do know it to mention it and everything I, I still think that i would love to hear also a word from tomas like how he receive it as a vr and ar um, so yeah so my my take on it is uh, quite similar to anton's i think that ar like the application domains are uh different for each technology so in terms of in in, in case of ar i mean obviously you have all the fun aspects like filters and stuff but it's generally uh, perceived to be more of an enterprise-level technology. Um, and I think that the uh, current uh, offering um, uh, of, of products uh, reflects it uh, when it comes to HMDs, not uh, not phones, obviously. Um, so we have uh, things like HoloLens or uh, Magic Leap, hopefully, if they want uh, fold uh, in the near future. <laughs> and um, you know, in terms of VR, you have more attainable products, and uh, these are geared towards entertainment and social. Um, when it comes to porn, um, I I'm not sure if I if I like that angle because it I don't think it uses the full uh, capabilities of a VR set. It's usually just a stereoscopic 360 video, right? <laughs> and mm -hmm. um, it was actually quite fun because uh, there's this uh, website that has check in the title. It's, it's basically a porn site, right? And uh, when I first heard about it, I thought, uh, "Oh, cool! You know, this is uh, it's nice that we have like a because uh, I thought it's like a block or a, or a zine dedicated to VR in Czech." And then I looked at uh, looked at it and I was like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> um, but yeah, um, so I think that going into the future, VR will be. Um, VR will be more uh, more popular in um, in the post future, but when it comes to um, longer term, um, yes, we will certainly see AR gaining more ground. And we're talking about HMD based AR, obviously, mm -hmm. since that's mm -hmm. what is the kind of end goal, right? That we, where we want to go. And in the, in the like in the uh, uh, in the future, I think that the two technologies will just merge, and you have like these um, OLED displays that are uh, capable of being opaque and transparent, uh, so you'll be able to to switch between the two at your leisure, and I think that's going to be really cool. Thank you, guys. Yeah, so I was. Born, I, I, I think <laughs> like in the Czech Republic there is like uh, one interpreter. I don't remember his name, but he is like pushing this direction into the immersive, like really hard. I, mm -hmm. I don't remember his name, but I'm getting a lot of notification from him on the uh, LinkedIn, which are like, <laughs> crazy. <laughs> yeah, you need to you need you need to take like the porn star out of the CV, you know, so he's not reaching out. Or yeah, what's like. what's his job title? <laughs> yeah, what is Actually, the, what is like... your job title that he's reaching out to you? David? No, no, I'm not saying he reaching <laughs> out to you. I just I'm seeing his feet on the on my ah, okay. LinkedIn. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, and you know about the porn. Like, I just want to say that what was my point is that um, it's 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 not about like how progressive it is or how how it uses right now the power of the headset. It's more like um, it's something what is pushes is forward, and um, you know it's kind of still a taboo topic to talk about it. Although it's true, 
and uh, you know data vastly supports it i read a really good book it's just future uh future of presence and it's uh, dedicated to virtual reality and 40 percent of this book is dedicated then especially to the, to the porn and uh as, as one of the drivers so yeah that was that was kind I of think, i think i think it's uh, the same case as in the vhs slash beta uh, battle right uh, a lot of yeah, technology exactly. is adopted due to pornography but when it comes to like um when it comes to like VR porn, I would like to see more uh, more of like interactive games, even you know stuff mm. that really utilizes the medium to its fullest. And there are some certain titles. Uh, I'm sure if I can name them on uh, on on stream, uh, uh, VR Kanojo, for instance. Um, that, well, to me, I, it was uh, it was pretty funny, a uh, funny experience. It wasn't uh, exactly what I would call erotic, right? But it was a you know it was a full kind of 3D, um, you know simulator of sorts so i would like i would rather the medium go in this direction than in uh you know in uh, yeah yeah then when it comes to like 360 content okay so uh maybe maybe um i would kind of follow up this conversation with us still one thing is that when i'm usually when i'm talking to, to the clients and they are thinking about adapting some ar vr technologies saying in this apple example of the ar glasses and you know we still see it as a as a curve like evolving we just say okay in the short term the ar will be stronger than in the long term you know the vr will take over and they will merge somewhere at the end but do you think there can be some killer thing we don't think about yet like let's say you know and let me be you know this is weird so let me be weird let me be a bit a bit crazy with ideas and let's speak about like say neuralink you know so let it be like some brain interface in the VR world. Could this be something that jumps over and kind of distracts the, 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 the kind of our thinking? Or how, how do you perceive this? Or is it like completely out of the table on your side? So I think, I think that there are, uh, uh, there are three technologies that could change VR and AR. Those are BCI, as you've mentioned, um, better uh, options for locomotion, and also haptics. Um, mm -hmm. I'll start with haptics, uh, which I think is uh, the most um, the most challenging uh, at the time, and I've, at the same time, I think it offers the best um, best uh, benefit. Um, I actually saw a uh, a post uh, because there was a uh, there was a conference Sikai uh, about uh, two weeks ago, and uh, they announced a. Um, and research that uh, into into like a pretty in interesting haptic solution where you would have like these uh, uh, springs attached to your uh, to your fingers, and they would retract based on um, based on uh, your proximity to three D uh, objects in the virtual space. And uh, I think that is quite a nice solution, and I can't wait can't wait to try it. It's also a low cost solution because it's uh, I think the research states that it's like fifty dollars for for one hand. So I'd really like to try that. I mean, we we do have finger tracking in in the Quest or in, in uh, devices like Leap Motion, but there's there's not that haptic this this uh, sense of haptic touch. I think that's missing. So that's uh, that's uh, the technology that I'm most interested about. Um, then of course you have uh, you have locomotion, right? So uh, in the past year we have been uh, uh, we've kind of um, uh, said 
said goodbye to cables with the Oculus Quest, and uh, you know we, we are now free to move uh, move in space with uh, you know no cable attached to our heads. So I think that's really cool. But at the same time, our physical dwellings are still um, limited. So your room, you know, is uh, it's quite small uh, compared to your virtual environment, which is very vast. Uh, so, um, you know, you, sooner or later we'll have to resort to these, uh, you know, omnidirectional treadmills as seen in uh, Ready mm -hmm. Player One. But these are ludicrously expensive right now. So unless you have, you're prepared to spend uh, thousands of dollars, they are not attainable by uh, the average consumer. And then, of course, there are BCI headsets, um, which I have some experience with um, as a user, that is. Uh, but uh, yeah, these are still an ongoing area of research, and um, they are not very reliable um, at this point. So I think that uh, I'm looking forward. What I'm looking forward to the uh, to the most is uh, is better haptics. Well, I, I, I pretty much like, like agree with uh, yeah with what Tomas said. Except I would say the locomotion is much more important problem for the VR at the moment mm. because uh, the AR the VR adoption uh, well any technology adoption actually is being adopted by players usually. And and the games and players pushing it forward. And the reason there was no like super hardcore, super like, I don't know, games like Doom or something on VR or successful games like Doom on VR is due to locomotion. I think as soon as we solve this problem, like pretty much all of the boundaries will be uh, off uh, from the VR. You, you can do whatever you like. You can do like almost like mm, uh, traditional game but like in the super immersive space. So uh, I think the locomotion is actually much more important than uh, haptic feedback. Now that I think Which about it, I think that if you solve locomotion, uh, you have a, you know, you have a, uh, you will re greatly reduce VR sickness at, uh, at the same time, right? Because you won't have to resort to these, uh, to the fallback of using an analog stick to move your character. Yeah, uh, because yeah. locomotion in VR is really like... That's what so I'm talking about. It is, about, it is like, more, it is more important. Mm. Yeah. Okay, when we are in the lo locomotion topic, which is your most favorite uh, locomotion type, or which is what you are using most or preferring? So, so far, I think it's teleportation. Even though, like, it sounds kind of counterintuitive, and uh, you think that it would put you out of the experience, while it does at first, at first, like, few minutes, then you get get used to it. And for me, it's most intuitive and most comfortable way to go around. Like, while uh, going around with uh, analog sticks and like continuous motion is much more immersive when you think about it, but then uh, you got sick. And you want to puke, and that immersion <laughs> is gone. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, for me it's the teleportation. I already have VR immersion legs, in... so for me it's continuous a analog stick all the way. That's how I finished Half Life, <laughs> Alex, and it was it was awesome. I, I still had to like take breaks every uh, I don't know two hours or so, but I think I would have to take them regardless of what locomotion setting I would use. So yeah. Yeah, you have a strong yeah. stomach. <laughs> yeah, I I think right now like there is no no good solution. Like no locomotion is the best locomotion. <laughs> like 
you can see it, like most popular games in VR world are without any locomotion. Yeah, you could uh, you okay. could argue that, but uh, teleportation is kind of like almost no locomotion. No, uh, I I I I mean like the most of the successful VR games are like relying on the uh, user just ending or moving them by the story or by by the environment and don't force them to do it. I actually played the yeah. one full game which uh, actually on the side quest is the game which is like only happening in your player area. And uh, mm-hmm. it's uh, accustomed to that. I don't remember the name. It's some weird name. Okay, never mind. Uh, but also, like, a uh, lot of the games playing with that, like, you, you just, just try to utilize the space you have uh, uh, as much as possible. Everything is flying to you, or everything can move to you, but you are, like, limiting your movement to minimum. And I think... Uh, uh, before we solve the locomotion and sickness problem, this will be like the most usual trend in the in the game. You know, I was thinking, David, that we are we are talking a lot about like in general about the VR games, and I'm like super happy that we have this uh, this topic covered from the the most important ones. Uh, Oracle stand behind the the content and about the creation of this stuff. But maybe what I would also love to do is to ask Guy more, more personally about themselves and maybe if someone is watching us and thinking about, okay, I want to explore the VR AR topic myself as a developer, what I should do. And I think you are the, the best person to give this advice. So uh, maybe, you know, I'd love to ask you, and this is actually applies to you, David, as well. Like what 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 is, what is behind being, <laughs> let's say, Unity or Unreal developer and developing the VR? Our experiences and what is interesting about that, and what should be the steps you you take the first. So uh, you know, maybe David, you you should start. I think you know, you're always okay. Kind of, uh, okay, okay, okay. I, I I can share some wisdom from community <laughs> developer. <laughs> so brighten us. Brighten us. No, no. I, I, I'm I like saying uh, to all everybody who wants to go into the AR and VR. Like right now, the platform to develop uh, VR like, are only two or three. It's uh, the game engines mainly. In AR, you have uh, more possibilities, but in VR, we are using game engines. And I'm saying like, learn some basics of uh, the engine itself and VR is just a different interface. You need to think differently. But the core with the it's actually one of the topics of our our like industry is that most of the people came from the game industry or go there because like the core the making of the applications in game engine is this eighty percent same. So the like if you want to learn VR I would first start with something simpler, some um, 2D or 3D simple applications, and then you can build up to AR or VR. In AR, there is the kind of shortcut. You can go from different direction. You can go from the native applications. You can go with some uh, uh, platforms or frameworks. So there's, there's a shortcut if you don't want to, like, super realistic app. But, yeah, I think, like, that's it. 
for me it was like kind of random i i actually came from the second uh, second second wave i came from the native applications my first application for ar is like six years old and it was like embedded in some corporate application and i i don't even know what it was it was like client game and i want this hey it's happening okay i will try and it was there (laughs) and it just kind of stuck on me (laughs) so like uh, but how i said there was possibilities for ar and vr are like uh much bigger than back then and if you want to learn yeah maybe try vrtk it's like uh, one of the uh, platforms or frameworks which are super easy for for developers to try on yeah i maybe went too too technical so i will pass the word to somebody who will make it more easy Anton? yeah okay. <laughs> yeah i was going next uh anyway uh i actually almost completely agree with david that like yeah developing for especially for vr is no different than like developing for developing a regular game or 3d app or any app really especially like when you're using unity or unreal it's like nine i would even say 98 percent the same thing the only thing you have to do is just to set up the vr controls and vr camera vr controls and you are done with the vr part obviously you have to keep in mind vr interactions you have to design uh, your game or like your application around it being vr but uh that's not like Technical is just a question of designing and UX. Other than that, yeah, just uh, pick up an engine, learn it. You're good to go. Yeah, yeah. I, I would maybe add one more thing because you need to remember you are working with the hardware, which can and always will fuck up. Like so <laughs> there, there is so much, so much space yeah. for for mistakes, for bad connection for and that's the same with ar you can try it anytime in your office in your space but you need to remember people will be trying it with some different light uh different uh environment different like yeah, there's uh different hardware because hardware's like you most of the applications are hard, uh, developed for pc or mobile phones it, it's a known area you don't have like there's still lot of things which can happen but uh, like it's kind of a uh, rigid area but uh, in in like uh, VR and uh, AR there's only always the new hardware the uh, lifespan of the hardware is rather short like you can still level like develop for Vive it's like based on it's four years old but it's kind of getting obsolete and it's like super super demanding on the knowledge of the hardware and you need to have it that's another thing to develop for a hardware you uh, um, in most of the cases need to have it and there's the like the uh, um, price entry for that industry no no I, I was almost done anyway but yeah, you have a good point that you have to test it a lot more than a regular app because as you mentioned there are like a lot of more variables for like you have an an extra hardware for once and external uh, stuff like light and everything. Yeah, but that's all another topic. 
but again uh it's it does it it has not much to do with uh, development itself like if you I, i'm speaking i'm referring to initial question like what do you need to get uh, to vr or ar development uh so yeah it the testing is super hard and you need to have uh hardware you wanted to develop for okay so when it comes to my experience um i uh, got a head start developing uh regular computer games and um I think that was a great learning experience because you can you, you can kind of amp up uh, the challenge uh, like in in intervals. I don't think it it's a wise idea to start developing uh, in VR unless you have the necessary background in game development because then it's like it's like too much. Oh, sorry, it's too much to stomach. Um, <laughs> I um, I don't think I agree with uh, what Anton said regarding. Uh, it's just about you know, it's just design. He said something along those lines. I think design is quite important in VR. Um, and unfortunately, at this uh, this point in time, there aren't that many uh, uh, so there isn't many much material to kind of um, um, wrap your head around. Uh, when it comes to design tools, there are tools like Google Blocks or Microsoft Maquette that you can use to for spatial design, for uh, basically uh, moving stuff around and seeing, you know, designing environments. But when it comes to designing actual interactions, it's very hard to do, and you pretty much have to do it in inside the game engine. So it uh, it is an iterative process. It takes a lot of time. You have to involve real people. Um, you have to test it on them. You have to listen to their feedback. Um, sometimes. You have to. Uh, uh, sometimes they, they might um, they might have to, they might have physical um, <clears throat> symptoms. Uh, they might vomit, for instance. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's very challenging, I think, to um, uh, to kind of get it. It's it's very challenging as an area to get into, and I think it's a gradual process that you kind of need to uh, you need to go step by step, essentially. <laughs> Oh yeah, I actually pretty much agree with that. Mm. And what I'm, what I was trying to say, like just from programming point of view, there is like yeah. not much difference if you're developing uh, VR or non-VR application. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, and from design, what I meant is like UX in general. You have to consider like how user will interact with your world and everything. That's the different part. Yeah, I was talking more about the overall experience of building, uh, building software. So for me, it's like oh, yeah. you know. <laughs> No, I just want to, like, one of the last questions, at least from my side, I think it's also, it's not a technology-related question, but Anton, since let's consider your, you spend most of your, let's say, developing years or, you know, uh, working years or professional years in Turkey, and Tomas, for you, it was Japan. So maybe, you know, if you compare it to the, to the, to the, to the Prague, um, like, what we can learn, what we can do better in general, because, this is my humble belief, and, and uh, that Prague actually can be uh, this kind of capital, not only of the European uh, virtual and augmented development, but maybe the world capital of that. So what we can learn, what we can do better, and what are the differences, maybe that would be, that would be a question for you guys. Uh, honestly, uh, I think Prague and like Czech in general, 
is in much better shape and in much better position than Turkey is. Because, of, for example, like uh, you don't think about it when when you're living in Europe, but the travel is a huge issue. If you are in Turkey and you want to go uh, like to Europe or to some conference or whatever, it's super expensive. You have to get uh, like visa and like super long and uh, annoying process and everything. While if you are in Prague, it's like you just hop on the train and in five hours, in four hours, you are like wherever you want to go. So it's uh, in that regard, especially Prague is, uh, I think, really, really advantageous because it's quite literally in the center of Europe. It's close everywhere. And this is one of my favorite things about Prague. And also, since uh, compared when comparing to the rest of Europe, it's not like super expensive city. It's uh, quite cheap, actually. Uh, there are a lot of expats, a lot of people who want to come to Prague just to have this... Uh, quality of life to improve their quality of life because like uh i heard if you live in chicago or like some fancy u.s city you really have you have to earn really really well to live comfortably in there in prague it's mm -hmm. much more easier in that regard so yeah i think prague is uh already far ahead than turkey is at this point and what about what about russia we all seen these movies with russian hackers everywhere <laughs> Oh yeah, I, I really have no idea. But probably the situation is not uh, super different for Russia. I assume it's, it's the same. No, I remember because you were telling me one day about the like uh, the the, and I was actually very surprised because you were telling me that Trevor Public in general doesn't have this game and hackathon community like in general that huge as a as a Turkey, for example. It was for me a shock because I always consider oh, yeah, Turkey the, like one the, of them. That's yeah, true. It was ahead. it yeah. was quite surprising for me. Uh, in Turkey, I was living in Ankara, and at, at Global Game Jams, I believe the last one I attended was 2018, or mm -hmm. yeah, I think it was 18, and there was around 200 people only on one side in Ankara, and there are like three sites or something in Ankara, in Istanbul, and everywhere there were a lot of sites. And the next year, when I got to Prague there were only 50 people or so attending. And considering that there are a lot of uh, game developers living in Prague, there are a couple of uh, AAA studios like Bohemia uh, and yeah, a couple more. It was really surprising to see that uh, there are not that many people attending game jams. But uh, I think on the last game jam, I think there were more than 100 people actually. So it, it is improving quite fast. Nice. Okay. Thanks. So my time in uh, Japan was spent at universities, so um, I can vouch that uh, there is a lot of interesting research going on, specifically at um, the you know large national universities like uh, Tokyo University or uh, Ohoku University. Uh, compared to Czech Republic, where I don't think you know we didn't really have uh, VR-related curriculums uh, up until recently. At least at the, uh, I'm talking from experience from uh, studying at uh, the uh, Faculty of in of uh, Electric Engineering at uh, the Czech Technical University. Um, obviously, when you compare it uh, to institutions like Stanford or MIT, they had a very long head start. And they really started um, researching VR seriously in, uh, as I said, the late 60s. 
and then again in 90s when it looked like things are moving up uh, in regards to VR. Um, but yeah, when it comes to uh, world research, when you look at like the, all the interesting papers, a lot of them come from Japanese institutions. Uh, when it comes to commercial markets, um, I think that Japan is a is a very large market for VR. They're like exploring new stuff. They, um, you know, they kind of like these uh, virtual uh, virtual uh, environments, virtual characters, and they're really into uh, because because they live in like very small quarters and uh, their uh, cities are um, overpopulated. They like to kind of escape. Um, into a virtual space, and I think that VR offers a very great, very good way to to achieve that. But when it comes to commercial applications, um, Prague is a thriving city. Um, there are a lot of software developers, uh, game developers, like Beat Games, um, that uh, you know push the envelope. We also have hardware manufacturers, so I don't think that there are. Um, many cities that can compete with Prague when it comes to the breadth of um, of VR development, uh, in a commercial space at least, not talking about research. Yeah, I just so... wanted to mention that that actually, and I can afford it, or just like, yeah, because I will forget about it, and when looking at your avatar, Tomas, you yeah. have sandals and stuff, that's pretty check, that's pretty check in the VR. You know, the socks and socks. I just said, like, you know, being a Slovak, I, I, I need to handle all these bad jokes on me every day. So uh, I can afford this one, though. Yeah, go ahead, guys. Okay. I think uh, you heard a lot of interesting stuff from you, and I'm really glad to make this happen. Uh, do you have something to add, Adam? Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Just it was it was uh, amazing. I was thinking that it will, you know, be just like five minutes catch up with with uh, <laughs> with our favorite team, and that's it. But I think we talk about uh, and that's that's about the VR. You just kind of lost, the, you know, the 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 track of time and everything. So uh, we covered everything, guys. We covered the the future. We covered the present. We covered your life. And I just want to add that uh, we are very happy that uh, you are part of our team and that you are helping us to to push this topic of virtual and augmented reality forward at, at your end. Uh, and uh, yeah, so thanks for, for that. And uh, thanks for your time today. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for mm -hmm. having us. It was our <laughs> pleasure. And uh, yeah, uh, you know, actually, I, I just a little secret. I'm going to the office tomorrow, so if you wanna join for a beer, we'll be, we'll be there. Uh, anyway, so uh, thank you very much for 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 being here with us. And uh, maybe as I would just give a last words about the the Weirdcast. Weirdcast will try to happen as as often as possible with uh, interesting guests from the virtual and augmented reality world. Um, and we will always try to make the environment a bit better. But thanks to the people who created this. So, hey, Anya, and thanks for Philip, who is helping us as with our technical support. Hey, Philip, I, know why I think we cannot really see you, but try to make one of the cameras on you. Yeah, he's waving <laughs> back. So, yeah, folks, <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> thank you very thanks much. Thanks for inviting uh, us. <laughs> enjoy Sunday evening, and uh, you know what we here stay weird because that's the way to go <laughs> bye, bye.
Ah, okay. Okay, good. Let's cut. Let's cut. Let's cut. <laughs>